All right. Welcome back to the House of Wolves podcast. This is your host, Deontay, with my friends, Jalen and Josh. Um, we got a few topics for you guys today. Um, kind of a, you know, sp- sparse this all together real quick because we really didn't have much to talk about. It's 2020 is coming to an end, but um, it definitely did not. It definitely didn't leave with, with no impact. I would say that 2020 has been one of... The weirdest years of my life, hands down. Um, best year ever. The best year ever. <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 say that. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about a few topics here. I have you have a little bit of time, but first, before we start, how you guys doing? Uh, good. You know, um, a couple of days to New Year and. Uh, what we talked about before, we got things coming up in the new year. Hopefully, things get back to more normal. So you know, people get back to work. People, oh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, start feeling better if they've been sick or, or you know lost people. So yeah. hopefully, things improve. Can't, they can't get any worse, I would hope. But you know, <laughs> yeah, let, don't, 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 let God tell you, like, boy, you better. <laughs> Yeah, they talking about a new strain and stuff. I'm like, man, come on, quit playing, man. I just want to hope. But, uh, nah, shoot. Uh, yeah, like Josh said, hopefully, you know, people start, like, feeling better and um, a lot of this COVID stuff died now. Um, but, I mean, everything for me, I mean, it's been smooth. Uh, I ain't really did a whole lot. I mean, you know, I'm blessed to see another Christmas, uh, be around some of my family, stuff like that. So that's pretty smooth. Um, I don't feel like you can ever go wrong with that. Um, no. but times has been flying for me and stuff like that with all this like school stuff. So it didn't, I didn't really get to prepare for the holidays like I wanted to. Yeah. Um, so I kind of feel a little like empty in that regard, but, um, everything else fine. Um, good to be on here with my boys. Can't go wrong with that either. <laughs> right. They talked in a while, but yeah, we, we always come back. Yeah. <laughs> man, y'all acting different. Y'all got y'all Xboxes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, Christmas was good for me. Uh, I spent it with my wife and we did a zoom, zoom call for the family and we kind of played some Christmas games on there. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was on there for like four hours, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but what we, well, we is with the, the meat and potatoes of this, um, well, I guess the first thing we kind of want to talk about with you guys is uh, the greatest games or series. I guess I guess I'll, I don't know which one to start with. The greatest series, then game, but some of the greatest series and games of all time that kind of uh, shaped how we how what we what we like in games and what we see and what we you know you know tend to gravitate more towards to in our opinions. It doesn't necessarily the greatest of all time. It can be that because most of the time the greatest of all time is held for a higher tier of video gaming, but um, and that could overlap. But really, it's just what we think is something that was substantial enough to to make our list and things like that. So I can uh, start off with one, and then we kind of just go around um, and and we kind of discuss that game in that particular series. If y'all have any input, really, but. Um, yeah. Uh, one of mine's, and it's one of the newer ones, but obviously it did not, it did not, um, 
it did not start this type of genre. I think it just elevated it to something more special. But uh, it didn't uh, necessarily compel me in regards to like story, but with atmosphere and, you know, sound quality and just the quality of the game itself, I think it elevated the genre to a new light. Um, and I think it did just a little bit better. <laughs> Don't kill me for this. Just a little bit better when it comes to uh, this type of gameplay. No. Man, I'm talking more. about Dead Space <laughs> versus <laughs> Resident Evil. Like Resident uh, Evil 4, <laughs> Resident Evil versus Dead Space. Like I can't compare the other ones yeah. because they were different types of games, but they were similar in genre. But Resident mm-hmm. Evil 4 came before Dead Space. But Resident Evil 4 did not, uh, I, in my opinion, Dead Space is the better quality series just because it has the three, three, two, um, it's just because it has one, two, and three. I think one and two really succeeded in capturing a, that, 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 uh, atmosphere of being alone in space and just being walking the, walking the ship, uh, just stranded. And, uh, three obviously was a little misstep, but, we don't talk about that one. Um, and then versus, you know, Resident Evil 4. Because uh, I, I don't really want to give it. Because Resident Evil series overall is better, in my opinion. Just overall. Everything that has come from that series. But I feel like p- comparing Death, Death Space to Dead Space and uh, Resident Evil 4. Dead Space did a lot more to create an atmosphere than I think Resident Evil 4 did even though they both were very high in regards, in my opinion. They both really was yeah. something I really enjoyed to play. Um, Dead Space, just a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree in general. I think Resident Evil has a lot of good games, but it also has a lot of bad games. But mm-hmm. overall, Dead Space, especially those first two games, they had good, like, new and interesting combat. Mm-hmm. And... I would just say generally good pacing because yeah, you usually definitely. spend most of the time by yourself, um, you know, exploring the ship and you, re- sometimes you have to like backtrack, but overall it feels like you're always progressing and getting stronger and your enemies are getting stronger, like with you. Yeah. Uh, which I always enjoy. Sometimes the resident evil gets like, especially depending on which one you plan, like you're either too strong and you can just blow up everything. Mm-hmm. Or you you really low on ammo and things like that, and that kind of like changes it to more survival, um, which is just right. a different pace than just a like I don't I don't want to say action, but like yeah, in Death Space you you're pretty strong, like you can kill enemies pretty fast, but mm-hmm. they can kill you fast, so it it, it feels like a, a more equal balance in that sense. Right, right, right. I think they nailed the the combat and they nailed the ability to say okay. You still got to hit your shots well. Yeah, they're not just headshots. You know, can take off limbs and slow them down. Uh, where it kind of created a more of a, a tense element because you were trying to stop this guy from attacking you, and then the guy behind you was coming, and then you also are at a slower pace, and the camera was so tightly, you know, tightly, it was so close to you that you really felt like you were being, um, like you were, you were going down this corridor, and you just didn't have the ability to you know turn and move fast enough to kind of keep up so you always felt like you're on your 
on your on your toes there and then they had things like the some of the some of the um, enemies that didn't die and they would just always constantly chase you and follow you and you had to figure out how to burn them and stuff like that obviously resident evil has some of those mechanics previously but again i think execution and quality overall was something that dead space hit that um i didn't see in resident evil until come like i i would say the first time i seen it was the remake <laughs> resident evil 2 uh that's the first yeah. time i really saw that type of you know vision in the in like the create and that uh that polish that i was looking for because resident evil 5 didn't have it for me uh resident evil 4 didn't have it but they definitely were genre defining games and don't don't make me don't i don't lose that in this conversation because i really do hide hold them to a high regard just as much as i do dead space i just think dead space just a little bit better yeah, you um, have to be a lot more. Um, I remember, so I didn't play. I'm not a Resident Evil fan. Um, I didn't play Dead Space one, but I did play Dead Space two. Um, I remember, obviously, the higher the difficulty, they make stuff more scarce. You know, things like that. Um, but I remember, I I felt like when I was playing it, I had to be more like mindful of like what I had to do, and that's what like really drew me to the game because it wasn't necessarily a puzzle game, but you like. You know what? What people liked about the old Resident Evil, they like. Well, I need to be cautious about how I kill these dudes. Well, I want to waste my bullets and kill them now because they might turn into a crimson head. <laughs> but then I'm gonna have to face them later on, and mm. I might not have that many. I'm gonna have better guns, but at the same time, it's not the area where I want to fight them at. And, you know what I'm saying? So it's just stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like picking and choose your battles. Obviously, Dead Space Two is a little bit more on the offensive because you can change your weapons and stuff like that but that plasma cutter boy <laughs> chop chop you know they chop chop <laughs> yeah man line gun plasma cutter that um it, it was just a lot of very because it felt like you were just you using stuff in the in the environment and you was picking up stuff you wasn't picking up real gun necessarily you're just picking up stuff in the environment to try to survive and that plasma cutter was going crazy. I mean, it was basically meant for a surgical tool, but you were using it as something else. And I just felt like that world was built um, a lot more. Um, well, it, it just it just in, in, in engulfed you in that world where you kind of felt like again, you're just trying to trying to make your way through it and trying to get you're trying to survive really, and you just felt alone. And it was so it was so good at selling that. And making you feel that way that it, it it was it it elevated how scary it was and um I remember playing that game and I had to stop for a little bit because I was just like man this is this is creeping me out and I, I used to have to wear <laughs> headphones on and I was oh, yeah. I was pretty young when I was playing that game and I was like okay I can't play this with headphones on because it's creeping me out so I would uh I took the headphones on that's where I really started to pay attention it made me pay attention to sound because I never paid attention to sound. Like, I was literally having to wait and hear where people were coming from. Because I was like, where is this guy at? He's on top of me. (laughs) And it was like, it it made me pay attention to sound so much more than any other game, I felt like. Because they give you a cue on screen. But really, Dead Space said, forget all that. Forget all that hue. Forget all those uh, icons. We ain't giving you nothing but a health bar <laughs> and your ammo counter, and you got to figure yeah, that, out. Yeah, that's what I really out. liked about it. Yeah, especially like you said with sound, because in two they made that enemy that like hide from you. Yeah, and he'll like charge you, but he'll run away and hide somewhere, yeah. and you don't know where he at. So, yeah, it, it just makes you more aware. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked with Dead Space that they, 
uh, tried to make the enemies, um, I guess they weren't really smart, but they would do things to like switch up your behavior. Like um, they'll jump into a vent and then Mm -hmm. they'll come out in a different place. Mm -hmm. So it made you have to be like more aware of the entire room that you're in. Yeah. Whereas like games like Resident Evil, it's more like memorization. Like it's always three enemies in this room and they're going to, you know, attack you. But they don't really interact with the world in an interesting way uh, to make you feel like you're being followed, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think it's like, oh, go ahead. Not my bad. Uh, Now, I was just about to say, I remember um, playing Dead Space 2. Like, I don't know how you just point the headphones on. I have to make sure it's daylight. I'm looking like, man, I remember hearing them babies crying. I'm looking like, man, man, what's going on on this shit, bro? Everybody dead. Next thing you know, I for, I forgot what the babies did. It's been like ten years since I played it, but it was they oh, had they them blow uh, up. Necro- yeah, yeah, okay, they did blow up. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> they had them necro them necro more babies and it was blowing up. And I remember being hearing like a uh, like a nursery song or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm looking like, man, I don't Duh. even want to go through they here. But you know, you gotta go scary, through. bro. I mean, you you don't you don't, don't want to you don't want to forget about Silent Hill and all they did too. Cause I used to enjoy to mess out these games like. This was my this is this is what I used to play and I was like I don't know what was wrong with me. I used to play all those types of games and I used to play Silent Hill a lot and I remember um playing those types of games and they were so creepy. Silent Hill made me feel the most uh made me feel the most, I would say. It made me feel like I like I shouldn't play playing this game or it felt made me feel like it was um it was like demon. <laughs> it it had a it had a good it way. Of, it was <laughs> it had a good way of showing that it was very demonic and like all the little lore and all the stuff that you would pick up and read and all the stories you you'll kind of unveil by just looking at the world and paying attention to like the clues and yeah, man. Silent Hill made it feel like you can literally go to this place. Dead Space. It didn't make me feel that way, but it made sure that if I was ever in that situation. It would. This is how it would be. Versus, you know, Silent Hill was very good. At, you know that. You know, uh, I guess what you call uh, environment storytelling. In my opinion, I call it environmental storytelling. With like when you was going through the hospitals and you would see all the dead patients and you would see stuff like that happening and you just kind of try to put stuff together in your mind like what happened here. So obviously they yeah. weren't graphically a- capable of showing it in a you know meaningful way, which I'm really looking forward to a Silent Hill remake. But um, it was you know you could still pick up on that with the stuff that was happening, the stuff you were reading, and the stuff you were going through to get to the end. So um, all these games are like some of my my favorites, but um, definitely Dead Space kind of it stuck with me the most, just because of how fun it was to play as well. That's how scary it was. Yeah, I ain't never liked them scary games, so I ain't got a whole lot of experience. But Dead Space, when I seen my brother playing, I'm like, all right, this game, mm-hmm. you know, I want to challenge myself. But it gave me a healthy, you you don't feel helpless on there, but you feel like, oh, it gave you that balance of, like, feeling helpless mm-hmm. and, like, not, and, like, horror and stuff like that, but not feeling yeah. too helpless or, like, too horrific. Because I heard the first one was scarier than the second one, so... Well, the odds are against you, but you always feel like you have some way to fight mm-hmm. back. Um, whereas, like, like, the reason I didn't like the older, like, Resident Evil games or, like, Silent Hill is you're on, on purpose, they make you, like, 
move slow or turn slow or you can't shoot well because they want you to feel like you can't fight back mm -hmm. um in which you can like get good at the game and learn how to play the game regardless of that but it's nice for dead space because once you get that plasma cutter you're good to go you just gotta learn how to protect yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah and then you get your abilities where you can like grab stuff and shoot it at them or oh yeah you yeah pull their limbs and, off uh... and shoot it back at them then you get the stasis effect when you can you know pause them and if they chasing you down like like all that stuff made me feel like crap i am at my <laughs> i'm at the end of the ropes here people i gotta go <laughs> and i'm trying to slow stuff down and get through stuff and yeah it just it just stuck with me a lot more because of all of that stuff that they kind of put in the game that made me feel like is this a it is like it felt like a um and just like an evolution versus a a reiteration of what it what was already coming it was like an evolution of that type of gameplay for me um at least yeah. because it, it didn't it, and then i started seeing stuff like come after it i mean Evil Within, not really. It was kind of trying to mimic Resident Evil 4. Um, but there were other games that kind of had that feeling of um, stasis and that space. I think Prey kind of uh, had a very similar feel to it. Yeah, it I started Prey recently. And it feels kind of not as good as like um, mm -hmm. Dead Space. But it's in that similar vein where you have more abilities to like yeah. protect yourself and things like that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, again, though that 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 was that's one of the games for me at least. But we can um, move yeah. over to one of you guys, this uh, whichever one you. Which you want to go, Taylor, or you want me to go? Well, sure, uh, you go. Don't, don't um, matter, man. Don't don't say Warframe, man. Please, I beg of you. No, it's not on my. <laughs> I told you, it's not on my all-time favorite list. I just said that it was. For the last generation, it was one that stood out. Yeah. Uh, All-time favorite for me, number one, is always uh, Metroid Prime. Uh -huh. And it's a weirder one because it came out, like, I think it came out before Halo 1. And what that game did in that time, a lot of other, I guess, first-person games or first-person shooters try to do it, but they haven't got there. And it's mainly like the environment, uh, the storytelling, and the like, just immersion. Because it was one of those first games that, like, when you go outside and it's raining, and the rain is on your helmet, and since it's a first-person game, you can see the rain like going down on on the um, the visor on the helmet uh -huh. on the visor, yeah. And um, plus, at that time, it was looks graphically good. It's probably one of nintendo's best looking games mm -hmm. of the generation because they were trying to keep up with graphics and so it looked as good as something like halo gotcha. um uh but overall metroid always has a simple uh formula same as like zelda you know mm -hmm. explore the world uh find upgrades go back to places that you couldn't go to before and fight bosses um but it just had really good pacing Again, like I said, with Dead Space, you feel like you can protect yourself, but there are enemies and things like that that can um, hurt you a lot. And the main thing, like Metroids, like you'll probably, I don't know if you actually know, but Metroids are like these little jellyfish looking things. And so they jump on you. And since it's first person, like you actually see them on the visor and things like that. So just really good at immersion. 
um, Metro Prime 2 and 3, uh, they were still good, not as, like, original or, like, revolutionary as the first game. But overall, the Metroid Prime series is really good. Um, and just Nintendo, for some reason, n- never cared to go back to it. Do you, Even though all three games sold well, and they were all critically acclaimed. So, Do you feel like um, the Switch to... Well, I guess, what do you feel like the 3D Switch um, in Prime did for the genre itself? Like, those Metroid games. Um, well, you played uh, Hollow Knight. And so yes. the 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 2D Metroid games are the same style of game, like pretty much exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And 3D, the difference is there was never a game like that done in 3D. And Metroid Prime did it, I would say, perfectly. So like, uh, how to explain it? Because like in Hollow Knight, you don't mind going back and forth to areas that you've been to because right. you you got new upgrades and you want to explore and find things out. But in like 3D games, you feel like sometimes um, it's a waste of time or whatever. But I guess just the way that the world was built, mm-hmm. uh, how to explain it, every hub or every area had like 10 entrances. So you can leave one uh, and enter another one that you didn't even know was connected there. And so it always felt good to explore because gotcha. you were always rewarded with shortcuts to get to these different places that you um, liked. Uh-huh. And um, the thing that I, I mentioned before is the story is is mostly kind of told through text, but um, the immersion factors they make you scan the environment to like learn about it. So if you don't know how to open a door, you have to scan it, and it gives you information about it, and you have to use that to like figure out how to open you know it. find other things to open it. So it's just really good at getting you into the world. Um, the closest game i would say that has a similar world design is like dark souls where you can you know got shortcuts or bloodborne um but metroid just did it first like the first like 3d game that do that well mm-hmm. okay um, um oh yeah. go ahead. i was gonna i was gonna ask so because metroid came out in the you said 2000s or so yeah it was like 2000 2001 i think have you have you seen some of uh elements from metroid prime that wasn't that was introduced there that you've seen elsewhere like how how influential do you feel like that game was to that genre of style of game or like well to the overall genre i would say not as much because um it's not really a first-person shooter. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's first-person and you shoot, but it's um, it's not about, like, Halo, where, like, you, you can run out of ammo and miss shots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge is not in shooting. It's more about exploring. Gotcha. So Halo and things like that, they grew to, like, just define, like, the first-person genre or something like that. But Metroid, there are specific things that they do that everybody else uses because it's just so good. So, like, the world design and the shortcuts, like, Dark Souls uses it, Doom uses it, um, the, like, the double jumping and, like, grappling uh, to different objects in the environment, like, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal copies those things. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I would say, like, maybe games have evolved past the point where, like, Metroid is the only influence, but I still see like 
oh, they got this idea from there or stuff like that. Gotcha. Like when I play Recore, uh, mm-hmm. I told you some of the people that worked on it used to work at Retro, but the locking onto an enemy and being able to jump around and shoot at the same time while you stay locked on, like that is specifically a Metroid thing. Gotcha. Okay. No, and um, no, I, I, I agree. I never played the Metroid Prime series. I definitely played Metroid, and at pretty much every time I, I like hear someone talking about those 2d shoot those 2d platformers or something like that where you where you explore multiple play layouts and you're kind of coming back to things they always talk about metroid castlevania style games so i understand that they were influential there i just wanted to see what that kind of what prime really did to kind of not only elevate what they already had accomplished on their 2d games but what they also influenced after um which is which is really I guess that what what really brings together that generational or greatest of all time type feel because then they kind of expand on that and they kind of make everything like Grand Theft Auto three you know like that type of game mm-hmm. where everything else after it was kind of similar because this is where they started to introduce open worlds where you could walk around free form and it felt like you know f- refreshing to kind of be able to be in a three D land like that. And that was the power yeah. of PlayStation 2 bringing that forward. So it's kind of that type, type of, you know, innovation and, like, greatest of all time. And that's a, that's a series there. But, um, no, I, I can see Metroid. Um, I, I can see Metroid doing that from their from their previous series. Um, Prime, I, honestly, I haven't played it, so I have to, like, I can't judge it off of what it's done or what it's influenced as, as much yeah. as you can because you probably I say see the... it. The closest thing, even though it's of course different, but Doom, the new Doom games feel like a evolution of what Metroid Prime did, just in a more modern time. Since gotcha. Nintendo isn't doing it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so we finna ignore a Federation team or Federation <laughs> Force or whatever that drunk caught, man. <laughs> Federation um, Force. Again, I, is that Nintendo doesn't about? care about Detroit. So Federation Force was terrible for a bunch of reasons, but mainly because they didn't care enough about the game to actually give it the effort that it deserved. <laughs> did, did you, uh, did you, so how did you like experience that game? Did you like see YouTube videos, just read about it, you actually played it? Like what, uh, um, I played a little bit of it. Awesome. Honestly, just like an hour. <laughs> no, um, well, I think I did use, I think I didn't buy it full price. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it's similar. the The main thing is, it's like, it's not a single player game. Like it's a four player, like co op type game, and you go on like mini missions. And the graphics are chibi, and just like it just didn't feel like a worthy game after it's been like six years with no Metroid games. You know. No, I thought I remember. Uh, I forgot how that mode was demonstrated. I remember you were sick. I think we were roommates at the time, too. That jump was funny, man. Boy. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like I said, Metroid Prime came out the same time as Halo. And if Nintendo gave it the same effort, it could be as you know, popular as that. But they just don't care about it. So it's what it is. <laughs> like, they haven't even re-released the thing on the Switch. So we'll see. Is they... um. They didn't say anything about a new Metroid game at all, right? 
Well, they announced four Metroid Prime Four in like two thousand fifteen, I think. Um, but that game not coming out soon because they keep like every couple months you see in the news like we're hiring a new boss designer. Like the game been in development five years. Why are you hiring a boss designer? It's in development hell, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Because I, I, I think that if they gave it to somebody like, you know, called up it and they made Doom, or they call up somebody who's good at making games already and have them do it, then they can make a good game. But I feel like Nintendo is trying to like, oh, we want Miyamoto to direct it, and we want the Zelda people to do this, and we want this. Like, y'all don't know what y'all doing, so just give it to somebody who experienced. No, that definitely makes sense. They, uh, them your boys, man, they hard headed. That ain't Nintendo's <laughs> way. They like, no, nah, we can do it ourselves. We got this. We we need to keep all the, we keep all that in in house. Yeah, we, we want to keep it in house. Yeah, so I mean, I get and that. They, but... they just ain't got the. I mean, they got talent, but they don't have the, the cutting edge people that you know, we made Uncharted, so we know what. The what is best for this genre, so right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not it's like it's like trying to, you know, make these types of games with no understanding of it. I mean I mean we've seen people pull it off. I mean, you look at Respawn, they they was able to make a third person, you know, action game. Well yeah. Um yeah. And, um they is they it was pretty successful, but and they were mostly shooters and first person shooters. So um I mean we could see it happening but you know, you never know. Hopefully they hopefully they pull something together. Definitely. Hopefully the the people making um, Mario Party and uh, Mario RPG games don't mess with it. <laughs> Talking about those uh, Paper Marios, <laughs> Paper <Right>. Mario, <laughs> Origami Stars, Sticker Stars. You ain't Google you still Mario. ain't get you still ain't get that a chance, Jalen. Man, what you think I'm gonna <laughs> get that game a chance? Yeah. You, you ain't bought you like the Nintendo last ain't. four games, right? Right. You might Man. as well give it a chance. Bro, you telling me you want me to allocate time out of my day, <laughs> allocate money to Nintendo's quote unquote premium product, <laughs> where they not finna drop the price on that joint? <laughs> they got me bent. I can't even do it, bro. Like, I played Sticker Star, bro. That. That game was demoralizing, man. I, I ain't never felt so hopeless in the game. I'm looking like, man, they gotta be, it's, it's going to get better, man. I was playing that mug. I'm looking like, so why am I fighting enemies again? Like, I'm using resources to fight these dudes, and they literally give me the same resources back, except I'm getting coins. I'm like, man, I ain't playing this game. But I told GameStop to take that junk back. Then they told me I can't take games back because I've been returning games too frequently. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, and that's a weird series because I saw somewhere somebody said that Nintendo a couple years ago that said no, they can't create new characters for Mario um, whatever that series is called, I forgot. Paper Mario it has to be characters that already exist or non-human characters, that's why the last game has like teacups and plates as characters instead of like Dry Bones Jr. What? That's yeah, they they not the, they like Disney, bro. They just acting different, man. Like they don't they not the same company, man. Yeah, I think they've been the same company. That's why it's, that's what that's the problem. They've been that company since the uh, since the first came out, and they just can't really change. And at this point, they're too stuck in their ways. So 
I mean, yeah, but it's just stuff like you would see stuff like remember when they had Street Volume Three and they had Mario and you know what I'm saying like that type yeah. of stuff. Like they don't they don't do that type of stuff no more. Like they be coming out with these kid games or garbage. I mean, I'm not saying not kid games, but like they come out with like literal doo doo water and then charge you sixty dollars <laughs> for it and be like, yeah, we made a premium game. I'm like, no, like I mean, even stuff like Mario Hoops, like they don't. I don't know what they be working on, bro. Mario Hoops is tight. <laughs> yeah, Mario 3. Man, I used to be going crazy on that DS. Boy, I be tapping that screen to get all them coins. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Yeah, yeah I think y'all... Well, I, I don't know. I think literally y'all remembering it wrong because I don't feel like they were ever expansive. I think they always stuck to like a certain degree of things and they like didn't want to expand on those things. That's why they made so many Mario and Sonic, you know, I think they took more risks. Like they allowed more crossovers and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they've always been conservative, but they, I feel like they're just more super conservative now and just keep getting that way over time. They they definitely, I, I mean, I could be biased. I felt like they, like I said, they're more conservative than than what they were before. Cause I mean, Last time I checked the whole Final Fantasy Seven, Nintendo and Sony like split type of thing, disc versus cartridge, that little mm-hmm. convert that that split was because of like essentially there's like conservative and stuff like that. But it was like at least on a GameCube, they gave you like little different options. Like you can do the Game Boy thing, plug it up, or you can play Mario Party with the mic and stuff, and then they got to that Wii. And then they started acting a little different. And you was just kind of like, and they started slowing down with some of their games. They came out. I mean, think about the Switch now. They ain't got no games on there. The DS, the GameCube, like, they came out with way more stuff. Like, and it would be more, like, less, like, mainstream stuff. And it would be more, yeah. like, riskier games. Like, like the... You know the difference? Yeah, on the GameCube, Nintendo made and published a rated M horror game called Eternal Darkness. Nintendo right now is not gonna make rated M uh horror game. Oh, okay, see. That's that's big that's different too. You know another thing I noticed when the Wii Hat came out was that so you know when you usually start a game up, they usually say like the um the little publish not the publishers, but the, like the devs and all that type of stuff, like you might see Havoc or or mm-hmm. Bink or different things like that. Even when a game start up now is is none of that like I'm not saying that that has any anything to do with it, but when I started seeing that, a, a, like originally with the Wii, um, they stopped. It wasn't it wasn't as many devs seemed like that was influencing the games and things like that. So that's why I started thinking like maybe they just kind of doing things a lot more tight knit, or maybe they ain't trying. To, I I don't really know what all that stuff means, but that was like a theory that had crossed my head. I'm like, man, these games starting up fast because you know usually you cut the game where you got to go through like three, four screens with the devs and different things on there. So, Oh, you said, um, like, who in or who helped with the game and, like, who... who yeah. Created, like, oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they could be... They could be still working with people, but I'm assuming, as of now, Nintendo wants to keep everything inside of Nintendo. And they um, used to do that. Maybe. I don't know. Because I, I, I really haven't paid temp- close attention to them outside of, like, you know, Pokemon and, Dest- and that. I mean, Pokemon, really. Really. Yeah. But what's your your pick, Jalen? It's a Nintendo game. Man, you already know. Pokemon. <laughs> nah, 
Square Enix fanboy right here. Re- report, report, Square Enix fanboy here. Nah, but uh, I think my favorite series, and it's not my favorite. It's it's one of my favorite games of all time, and people probably gonna hate me, but it's alright though. I know Josh got my back on me. Um, it's the Final Fantasy series, oh, but man. like. I think the one that was just so cold to me was Final Fantasy 13, man. Like, aside from yeah. the combat, the combat was like the the low point was the combat and like how linear the game was. I think the game don't open up until you uh, get to like Grandpa's on Chapter 11, which is like 60, 70 percent of the way through the game. But like, man, that music, man. <laughs> Let me tell you about that. <laughs> I think the Xbox is putting out that. I think it's like 1080i or 720p with that HDMI cord, man. With with the uh the graphics, boy, I was in a different world playing that game. I remember summer 2010. I was like, yeah, I got to get up early to get to this Final Fantasy, man. I got to fight uh, I got to fight these idolins. That game was yeah. that game when that was game so came good, out, bro. it was it was the best game graphically I ever seen. And even going back to it, like it still looks like way better a than PlayStation a PlayStation 4 game. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and it was running good. The res the resolution it, it's like blurry kinda. But yeah, I think graphics... it started at 720 and they upscaled it for like, you know, if your TV could do it. Yeah, bro. That game. They had the music on there. I remember going through the Sun with Waterscape, seeing them grand eyes out of grandpa, seeing them behemoth kings and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we finna go up. Was, y'all this, up the, real was quick. this the game <laughs> right after um 10? No, uh, no, nah, this is uh, first. no, 12 was on the PlayStation 2, uh, but 13 was the first one for the like 360 and PS3. Okay, so that's why yeah. it was so expensive. I was wondering, like, what, what what caused it to be that way, but I'm assuming graphical power, baby. But yeah, but it, it ran yeah. good though. That's the crazy thing about it. Like, it wasn't no like hiccups, like the game, it wasn't scratchiness. Like, I noticed with like 10, 13, 2 and Lightning Returns. Mm-hmm. It got more. They strategy. had like frame rate issues and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, it was thirteen. Yeah, yeah, thirteen was. I'm trying to tell you, like, aside from the combat, the combat people don't like it because it's not as tactical. Like, you can't do as much. You got the paradigm shift and stuff. But when all that stuff used to be going on, casting an arrow gun, they had water gun. I'm like the lightning's army of one, and I'm like, man, this game tight. Like, <laughs> That game, bro, I put it, I literally put it, like, I probably put it close to 100 hours on that game, bro. I remember, I'm like, yeah, I'm finna go fight this Adamant Toys. I know I got a 5% drop to get the, um, I think what you need, an Adamant Tight to get your ultimate weapon. Yeah. Omega weapon for lightning. Man, that game was, yeah, that, that game was, it was so tight because of the, the music, the music was so submersive. Like, Square Enix always do good with their music and stuff, man, but that, that, um, 13 music, like the battle music and stuff like that. I never got tired of any of the music in the game. I remember when you fought Barthandalus, man, they had the, that, that godly music playing because he was talking about, like, yeah. we finna judge y'all and all this type of stuff, <laughs> dude. Like, he was just like, y'all post let see and y'all ain't finna do this and that. I'm just like, man, I can think we it's because, um, I don't know if it was the first one. I feel like it was the first one that they had, like, an orchestra do the music because, you know, on the, the older games, like, they had, like, people make music every now and then they might have like a one that features the orchestra but 13 i feel like the whole soundtrack is like just a big orchestra doing all the music all the time it had to be because they hey they did they thing with that music man i still got that uh that soundtrack on my computer back from 2011 (laughs) or 12 or whatever dude because they was man that that music it was just it just built a 
the they it built the ambiance real well, man. Like it was Yeah. It was No, I played yeah. like the first like two hours and then I stopped but I was playing on the Xbox One X, which it looked really good on there too, and I was like Dang, this game look like when this game come out because I was trying to figure it out. I was like, this game look good for some reason. Then Digital oh Foundry did like, their thing on it, and I was like, okay, yeah. So I'm not tripping. The game look from just... like 2000 to like 2009. Square Enix was like the best at graphics. Like yeah. they always had the best looking games, and 13 was the last Square Enix game that came out and it was the best looking at the time. Like 15 looks good. But it doesn't look anywhere as good as the other games that came out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even uh, Final Fantasy VII like remake, it looks good, but there are way better looking games. But thirteen, when it came out, there was no game touching it. Yeah, that that game was amazing, bro. Yeah. I was just they, like, made, they made some deals with uh, the with the lords or something, man. I don't know how they were doing. <laughs> man, they sold, they sold. Yeah. That's what they they said. After you make this game, you know the you know it's gonna happen for the rest of y'all games, right? Damn. <laughs> They was like, man, we were worried about that when the time comes. 15, 15 come out, we like, well, I mean, it do kind of look like Assassin's Creed. Nah, that's not ugly. Assassin's Creed ugly too. You ain't seen Unity. You know? But yeah, man, it was that game. And then, uh, of course, I didn't play Final Fantasy VII. I played the remake, remake Cold Work. We ain't even going to get started yeah. on that. And then I played 10. Um, I actually like 10 a lot. Like, 10 had a good story. Um, not to say thirteen to have a good story, but ten had like a a real good story. It's real interesting. Um, that game had good music too. Like it just got some iconical music. Like if they, you know, I recognize them like anywhere stuff like that. But man, when I tell you thirteen, man, thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know there there are better Final Fantasy games, but that one, like Jalen said, at that time was like amazing. I thought it was amazing when it came out. Um. So and the music, you still listen to the music, don't you, Josh? Uh, yeah, I got it on my phone. See that, that music, <laughs> man. So, what do you guys feel like? Um, because I mean, I'm not, I'm assuming that you're not, you don't feel like 13. Do you feel like 13 for that time or encompass the like isolate every last one of them? Do you feel like 13 had the most impact out of all of the games? Uh, from Final Fantasy, or what do you feel like would be the most impactful of all of the games? When, when you say impactful, uh, like it changed saying... how people um, wanted to see games played in the future. It had such a a strong presence in like um, the gaming community. So I'm talking about like you know Grand Theft Auto Three changing how we kind of played open world games. We switched from 2D to 3D. And I'm talking about how we like went from Resident Evil 4, how it defined how games should look and how horror games can be played from a third-person point of view. Those types of situations where it changes and, like, elevates the genre. I would say for Final Fantasy, it set the bar for how they do music because Final Fantasy 14 has really good music, and it's, um, I would say, not, not the same style of music, but that orchestra and, like, how they approach it mm-hmm. is was improved since 13 but i just think overall presentation wise it was the best example of like cutscenes and graphics for a uh jrpg now and which it, one know, is that you talking about final fantasy 13 uh yeah 13 like okay. it it set the bar for how jrpgs look graphically 
and um, how they perform, like Jalen was saying, in the combat, like you can throw like a whole bunch of explosions on the screen and the game still runs well. Um, and I think that even Final Fantasy hasn't reached that bar in some cases, um, but 13 did it the best during that time. Now, I I wasn't uh, alive when Final Fantasy VII came out, so I don't know what impact it had the day it came out. Um, you know, it's still a fun game. I just think that since I've seen, like, the last six Final Fantasy games come out, that one was the one I felt was the set the bar for it. Uh, a next gen Final Fantasy game. Yeah, okay. So where we can like really start to, to twelve into it because we don't know what happened before that. But yeah, I guess you're right there because we don't know. Um, but um, yeah, I, I say it ain't it ain't do nothing. That's um, like you said, like change the dynamics of Final Fantasy. Because um, a lot of people actually didn't like it because of the combat. They felt like it was real shallow. Shallow is like a lot of auto battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really change it until like when you're doing like uh, like some of the extra missions type of stuff. So mm-hmm. you can't get away with auto battle. The biggest thing of the game was switching your roles at the right time and having your roles set up. Because I feel like it was some battles where you couldn't beat if you didn't have your six paradigms. If you didn't, sh- if you because you can choose your roles for each of your players. So you got three dudes, or I think it's not nice three. You choose three roles for three people. But you couldn't manually choose them. You had to set them up. So if I want roll A for the person one, roll B for person two, and roll uh, B for person three, that could mess me up if I ain't got the right roles because I might need to be able to heal faster or something to survive this ultimate attack. But I ain't got enough healers. So it's just it's just stuff like that. But um, like Josh said, I think it really set the bar for the music. I haven't really played Final Fantasy fourteen, but they got some pretty good music, and you can hear the orchestra. Um all the other Final Fantasies, though, like anything after thirteen, I haven't heard any like, like spectacular music where I felt like they like they put their foot in that music. Like, um, and of course, it's not the best Final Fantasy ever, but to me, it gave the best experience because that seamless. Like I used to see cutscenes, you know, you got cutscene graphics or animations, you want to call it, and then you got actual in-game graphics. That's how I separate them, and Final Fantasy thirteen, it wasn't no difference. Like they used to literally come out the cutscene. And then they just zoom into your character back and then you just start walking around. Like it was just it was all seamless. No. Okay. Well, I mean I mean that can still be, I guess, what you can consider change like changing for even like the I guess the I I don't know. I guess cause polish is different than actual um, re re redefining or, re, or changing how something works. Um, I mean, it it did attempt to. It made it more accessible to most because if it didn't create this auto like function battle system, maybe people wouldn't have been you know able to jump into RPGs lights and see what like what it what that genre can bring to the table. And then it kind of. I think after this 13, it feels like a lot of the other ones started to become less and less more, became less and less more JRPGs and more JRPG lights, where it felt like they were trying to adjust how the game was played, at least in the Final Fantasy realm, not in everything else. Everybody else felt like they were kind of still trying to do the same thing, or they were trying to capture something 
that Final Fantasy already did, whether they went with the new program or the old program. It was still all Final Fantasy. So I did feel like it still had an impact because um, the games I've played recently that was JRPGs, I'm not sure if Persona came after Final Fantasy or not, but Persona feels like something that was very mimicking to Pokemon, but then it kind of feels like, you know, Persona also dwelled into other things that kind of created their own flavor of what a JRPG is. And then um, there was other games that came after that I played. Uh, something recent that I played that was a JRPG. It was... Dang, I don't remember. I know it wasn't. Bravely Default is Square Enix, so I'm assuming they're going to have some type of similarities. But it was another game I played recently that was a JRPG. Now I can't remember it. Was it Xenoblade? Yes. Xenoblade. Um, Xenoblade felt like it took on some similarities of that auto battle stuff. And you kind of switching and changing your stuff as you go, but it, it had an impact. It felt like mm-hmm. the impact was felt because of something that, you know, Final Fantasy did with their systems, you know, so. Yeah. Every Final Fantasy game, they wanted it to be completely different from the other one, so a new battle system and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people don't like the battle system in 13, but the auto battle was new at that time, so people felt it was, like, too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that auto battle did add to just the complexity that you can do in a battle system so that you don't got to worry about just keep tapping, attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. It's going to attack, and now you can look at the other things and be in control of your whole party at the same time. Uh, right. In in real time instead of it being, like, turn-based. So, I mean, it's it's a different style of game. Um, it's preference. Like, some people are just going to prefer, like, an action RPG like Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it, it was at that time, still very innovative with their uh, battle system, with what they were doing. Okay. Like, I remember Child of Light. I was playing that, and it felt very similar. Uh, different. You got another game, Deontay? Uh, me? Uh... Y'all can hear me, right? Or some... Uh, yeah. Um, hmm. I would say... I mean, the other game I was thinking of before you guys even started talking was 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 still the GTA series, but I feel like that's a that's a given. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the GTA series. Like you said, everything came after that was really, um, uh, it felt like to me after the GTA mm-hmm. three, it felt like everything just after that was a like a like a guided by this game, and it felt like people anybody that wanted to dwell into telling a drug story or a criminal story that in the open world, they just, they just, they just, they just stripped a lot of stuff from the GTA series. So Rockstar yeah. really did a, a really good job of creating that. And then everything after that being like giving them a, giving them a, a guiding light of what to do and how to create it. People probably were already trying to create this but just because Grand Theft Auto 3 was the one that did it on a significant scale and they did it with an open world and they brought this where you can just travel and go places and you didn't have to really worry about, you know, being stopped, hit by an invisible wall or like being like not being able to go left, right, up and down. It was kind of like you could do anything in there. And I don't know if they introduced helicopters in Grand Theft Auto 3. I think they introduced those in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, but I'm not sure. 
So you but, feel like three did it the best? I feel like out of all of the Grand Theft Autos, San Andreas was the pinnacle. Uh, okay. It was three, Vice City, San Andreas, pinnacle. Then it went down with four and <laughs> uh, and five. In my opinion, I feel like the the you know storytelling got better, mm-hmm. definitely, but the gameplay did not keep going up in the route I thought it was because I thought it was going to start adding in even more RPG elements because San Andreas had that. They had elements that you made you feel like, okay, you had to pay attention to this, that, and the third. And then they kind of dropped it, you know, off and other stuff. They, they they introduced the internet. They introduced this, that. It wasn't as impactful as, you know, having a stature person the most, being able to go get haircuts and changing your way you look and, like, you know, that's a RPG. And then you to drop all of that and kind of go back to a m- more a very, you know, tailored back approach to that made it seem as if it wasn't the pinnacle. No more. It wasn't going up. It was going down. Um, mm-hmm. They they did graphically impressive. It was graphically impressive, but that's not what I'm looking for. That's how I'm more so interested, interested in the gameplay. Because I got used to doing stuff in San Andreas that just wasn't in Grand Theft Auto 4. And, um, yeah. So, I think San Andreas had the best. Uh, it was at the pinnacle. Um, it had a decent story. It had funny moments. It had a gang system. It had um, territory takeovers. It had, you had to protect territories. It had so many different elements, like Dynasty Warrior elements. <laughs> it had a bunch of stuff that you felt like this should be in this type of game, but it was. And um, that's why I felt like it was a strong game. And that was the first time we really saw a Black League character. And that's been very impactful to me, even though he was a you know terrible person and he was doing mm-hmm. crime. But it was still a Black League in a game, and they tried to incorporate that into a game. And I've never seen it happen yeah. again. Um, but well, not in a meaningful way, at least. Uh, and now that was, in my opinion, the pinnacle and everything else, you know, was a re, uh, you know, was, was, was just, you know, trying to copy that and like true crime, um, you know, watchdogs, you know, all of these extra games that came out after all these games that just felt like they were trying to tell the story, but they weren't innovating anything really um so yeah i feel like this that game was a genre generational leap forward um and that it and it kind of rippled effect off to everything else yeah i would agree um that i well i played vice city when it came out and san andreas after it but those games I felt were the best example of just like an open world, go out, do what you want to do, steal a car, do missions, fight police, you know, buy cars and things like that. Um, Cause you had that freedom to do it. And it just felt like the perfect sandbox to do it. Yeah. Whereas like when you move on to the other games, like four, like they obviously they tried to improve some things, but, and they lost a lot of elements in that as well, or it's just not as good. 
and five like the storytelling i think is way better and they got better missions but the world i don't feel is as um interesting or like Mm. fun to just explore and just go out and do things in the world i feel like i'm just going from mission to mission Mm -hmm. um you know so yeah i think they they defined what a open world like third person open world game is yeah with those first uh with three and the you know the two games after yep i think they really uh i I mean they set the tone i think and the tone kind of got you know misconstrued i think because of I don't think they'll ever go back to a type of story like they told in San Andreas <laughs> because <laughs> it was not only um, it was controversial in itself because Grand Theft Auto was a controversial game in general, but it was also depicting us in a way that may not have been <laughs> the best. So when I think about yeah. that game, I'm having chicken spots and all this other stuff it yeah it was it was messed up people <laughs> we know <laughs> but it was still my favorite game of all it, it was still one of my favorite grand theft auto games so i get it looking at it from a, like a more you know um seasoned lens now but at the time i was just looking for representation and it was it was it felt more inclusive than anything that i played previously i felt like i was actually not seeing not not saying i was seeing myself on the screen but it felt like i was able to you know create similarities and situations that i would see happen and and um and it was it was interesting sandbox to run around in. i'm not going to be not saying i'm running around with rpgs and stuff like that but it was just that the conversations they were having during their cutscenes and the, the talk they were talking about and all that stuff it just it just it felt like uh they they tried to at least be inclusive in that one because these were the iter- these were the you know the the iterations of you know they had the vice city they had the miami you know and then they had the uh, west coast and all that was san andreas and uh, the grand theft auto 3 was the you know the mafia um the italian mafia and stuff like that so they were trying to make sure they hit every culture really and they um misrepresented it in every way on each one but still it was fun to play at that time and it was less of a you know um oh i guess woke (laughs) i would call it it was less woke than it is now but i really enjoyed that man get your whole tap helmet uh hat on (laughs) (laughs) let them know let them know what what we saw what what, what, how it made me feel like no andreas was just a good game in general leave me alone I'm not going to debate with you about what it did or what it felt like. I was like, no, I didn't care. I wanted to play that game, and I would still go back, and I still play that game to this day. And when the PC got a hold to it with the mods and all that stuff, <laughs> that was where they really got fun. So I don't care what they're talking about at all. Man, was it a bad Dr. influence? Yes. Me. Was it a fun game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Hey. Dr. Umar Johnson gonna hear you, man. He gonna be like, Black brother, why? <laughs> Letting them appropriate us like that, man, because it was fun. It's like, bro, grocery, man. the ballers. Oh, that, that joke was hilarious to me, at least. Um, and then they had, they introduced like separate, they introduced like 
like like parts of the city because you know how you had the hollywood city you had the desert you had uh like the las vegas portion you had the uh like regular you know the uh the hood and then they had like like they actually you know took their time and actually made it feel like you were going different places when you went to these places so i'm, I'm still always gonna enjoy it regardless of what, they, what anybody say but I do get it now. Yes, that's why you play games like. Um, you mean you, you have less you have less stories to tell because you don't want to be um, as you have to be more conscious about what you're saying and how you're presenting people in regards to like stuff like that. So, uh, futuristic is the way to go. You know, it never happened before. So, can't be in kind of modern times trying to make a story because it, 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 sometimes it can be depicted wrong kind of like cyberpunk even though they went to 2077 it's like mm, yeah i didn't go far enough <laughs> you know yeah i need to go to 3077 <laughs> and then people might not be so mad yeah uh yeah okay yeah yeah so um all right so i guess i guess we can move on from there because we took it has been about an hour of just talking about our greatest games of all time, which is fine. Uh, but I guess one other thing that I wanted to talk about before we kind of uh, wrapped or, or not before before we wrapped, but some something I wanted to talk about as well was the Game Awards. Um, I wanted to talk about this after we talked about our greatest games of all time because... Um, even though most of the games that we played were like some of the games that I just mentioned, they were like eights. Um, <laughs> Dead Space was like a eight when it came out. It wasn't a ten out of ten. Uh, critics didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I don't believe Final Fantasy thirteen was met with critical acclaim. Um, San Andreas. I think that was the highest one. I think it got a nine. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Metacritic score score is like pretty high. But um, the point that I'm trying to make is that um, critics don't always get it right, and obviously the game boards is basically solely based off what critics think. Um, so when I was watching it. And a lot of stuff was happening. I already could tell that this wasn't what people kind of wanted. This is what the critics wanted. Um, if you are unaware, um, the Game Awards came on back uh, like a couple weeks ago, and Naughty Dog swept the Game Awards. I think it won seven awards. It was the highest amount of awards ever won from one game. Uh, and yeah um <laughs> what do you, what did you guys think watching that let's start there um like uh, of course we're gonna have to preface it and say like we're not hating on the game like no. i think that if the game was the best game that came out that year it should win the game of the year mm-hmm. um but it like you said it definitely did feel like the committee or critics or whoever were heavily in favor of it in maybe situations that it 
probably shouldn't have won. Um, like, yeah. there the games that were up against were also really really good, but for Last of Us to sweep all of them unanimously, unanimously is like it just feels weird. Um, yeah. Because even if it's a good game, I don't think that it's perfect in every way to that point. Um, so. You know, it, it's just weird. Every now and then, like, you might see something like God of War go up there and they win, like, half of all the awards or something. But every now and then, you know, something else might uh, pop up and say, like, you know, they just had a better soundtrack or best direction or, you know, mm-hmm. um, something like that. So, um, yeah, it was just weird to see see that single game just sweep through um, like that, you know. Yeah, it... Um... I felt like it definitely should have won uh, the Accessibility Award, Innovation and Accessibility. I remember seeing that, and I was like, yeah, they did a lot to make sure it was accessible to a lot of different people. Um, No, I don't feel like it should have won Best Action Slash Adventure Game. No, I don't feel like it should have won Audio Design, because it... I, most of the time, you're not even listening to anything. Uh, I feel like uh, Ghost of Tsushima with the wind, the world, definitely should have won that. Um, narrative, whatever. And you can give it to them. That's totally fine. I'm Again, because I'm someone that actually liked the game. I just know for a fact it wasn't a great game. It was a okay game um narratively graphically all of it was okay um i wasn't blown away by how last of us looked um i wasn't blown away about how the world was perceived was perceived and what what we were kind of going through with it because it all felt very similar but more polished i wasn't blown away by this i wasn't blown away by the audio design because it didn't sound as you know it is there's the there's this there's just there's this idea of this like i don't know this this thing that happens when people are playing these highly you know acclaimed games and stuff like that they kind of miss they it, it, it's like missteps um and they kind of overlook certain things because they feel like if this is something that's particularly more interesting they don't care about the other thing that's that's lacking that game does not have any great gameplay to it the loop is very similar to uncharted four three two one like there's literally not much there you could play days gone and feel like you're playing last of us so I don't see how that beats a game that actually tries <laughs> to make new gameplay and actually succeeds at that. I think Ghost of Tsushima has far superior gameplay, even without a lock on screen, lock on um, button, <laughs> even though I hate it, uh, even without a lock on button, it's still vastly better in variety and fluidity and and impact than uh the last of us could ever do i don't i didn't feel like a samurai i didn't i mean i didn't feel like i was doing anything different than i normally do but i felt like a samurai when i was playing ghost so 
to see that game get snubbed for best adventure game is kind of ridiculous to me. I could mm-hmm. I could give you the knock of game of the year because um you know Jen was just not a good character in my opinion. He just felt bland. But mm-hmm. I cannot give you the I cannot give you game direction because that game was vastly still superior in direction. It had a sense and it had an identity that is stuck to so well that most people that played that game said, this is the game that's going to make you feel like a samurai. This is the game that's going to make you feel like you're in, uh, you know, that feudal Japan or whatever. This is the game. Nobody said that about Last of Us. <laughs> Nobody cared, bro. Everybody was like, this story, the story, the story. And I can give you narrative. Yes. But to say game direction... No, I cannot give you that. I cannot give you game direction and not over. And then they have Final Fantasy in there as well. And I was kind of like, I haven't beat Final Fantasy. So I don't know if that should have beat over Last of Us. I don't know because it's a remake. I don't know how that game direction would have come into play. I don't know if they made you feel like you were this merc and you were going through this futuristic world. But I know what Ghost did for me. And I know that it was definitely more impactful than it was to play last of us i still go back and play ghosts just to run around and you know play in the world because it feels realistic even though it's not the most um graphically intense game it's still you know it resonated with us so much in this direction and it stuck to that damn direction so well that it didn't matter it felt like you were in these vastly like vastly beautiful places all the time and you're kind of going through and you were trying to save your land and then to to see that get snubbed by the last of us that just in my opinion had no sense of direction most of the time um they they brought it together by the end of it but honestly the whole point of the game was to understand that you know revenge is not the answer but then you have to go down this path of just, you know, constantly killing everybody to get back to your revenge and then say, when do I time you get to it? It's not the answer. But you just killed yeah. everybody else and now everybody else go on with revenge. So it makes zero sense. That's not good game direction. Um, where and Also, with, well, with the awards, what they do with when they select like games like this is it's also for like, not publicity, like they're going to get paid for it, but um, they want to get that recognition for the choices. And one thing that illustrates that is the best performance category where they have, it's like six nominees. Two of them are from The Last of Us, like Abby and Ellie. It's like the reason that they chose them, like, yeah, maybe they do good performances in the game, but you could have chosen one, but they chose two because they know that this is the debate about the game that people are going to argue about who is better. Whereas you could have looked at, you know, a game that wasn't nominated for performance, like Final Fantasy or anything else, and chose the best single character from The Last of Us 2 in that category. I think, I think, I think I'm okay. The reason why I was okay with performance, because both Abby and Ellie had to try hard to make this game work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, they had to try very hard to make it even 
even even remotely good um because if you were just to pull those two actors out of it and just tell a story that this story was supposed to be it will fall flat even worse than what it did um so in order for this game to even work i had i understood the amount of complexity that come into making these characters these actors trying to try hard to make it work so i wasn't i wasn't even mad about them both being um added to be honest because I don't want to say that these characters weren't, you know, compelling because they were because that's why I beat it. I'm saying that the more so the delivery of said characters wasn't great. So Laura and Ashley, these are both Ellie and Abby's, you know, real life characters. I mean, actors, um, I feel like they put in the best performance that they could do with the script they were provided. It yeah. doesn't make me feel like the direction was great. It just makes me feel like the, the script that they provided, they did the best that they could. Jen did not do a good job with the script that he was providing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no. never played Hades. Uh, Miles Morales felt a little bit too off when I beat it that to make me feel like he should have got the nod. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what other games were out there that made me feel, that made me want to, you know, go back and continuously play because it really wasn't that many high top tier games that came out that was like, this character really made me feel a certain way. I'm trying to go back and look at all my games I got now, and nah, none of them. But I mean, I I might be missing something. But in my opinion, Ellie and Abby were the more deserving of all of them, except for I never I never played Hades. Miles, no. Jen, no. So it was three people out of there, and I'm okay with one of those two getting the performance nod. Um, yeah. But that doesn't change my opinion on direction i shouldn't have got it i mean they they go score the art direction um which was which 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 should have been a shoe in in regards to anything it it should have been that um i think score music obviously final fantasy one for a reason i think they always do a really good job there um and i just i the only one i'm really disappointed in is game direction they shouldn't have won that um, <laughs> that's the only one I'm disappointed in. I don't even care about game of the year because at the end of the day, I knew it was going to give it to the the game that really the critics enjoyed, but I think the critics really got it wrong when it came to game direction. And that's why I was kind of bringing up the point of, do we care about what critics think? Because regardless of what I read or what the internet said, um, I enjoyed last of us part two to a degree. It wasn't a smash. It wasn't a a total flop. It was just right there in the middle. Um, and I still had enjoyment from the game enough to want to uh, replay some of it and replay some scenes because I thought they were impactful. Um, but to to the to the same point of what a critic may think. They would, you know, give it a 10 out of 10. They would, you know, obviously they would nominate it for multiple game awards and things like that. Um, what do you guys think about critics and what their job is in general and like critiquing artists and their, their, their life's work, really, like to write off something so completely fast? What do you think about that? I don't know, like, I feel like art is one of them things, like, 
it's just it's just hard to it's hard to critique. For like what what did I say? Like beauty is to the eye of the beholder or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you always got that little it's not really a meme, but it's like a running gag. You know, you'll see a red dot on the screen. They like I just see a a burning sun ready to cause chaos. Like you see all this type of stuff, you like, why well, just see a red dot? Like y'all want X amount of dollars for this, you know. Um but I don't know, like I feel like there's there's um hard standards um that that needs to be met when making a video game but at the same time um so hard standards would be like okay we playing this kind of music like a prime example dragon quest 11 you talk about the music in the game all right well the music is this and that the music sounds oh okay we can say for the most part it objectively sounds old like that's fair um it needs to be more up to date okay that's cool um but when you got other things like it can be something like the character Ben Bland is for you to take the your eye off the character and delve into the you know what I'm saying it's starting world, world abstract yeah so it's like, kind of like they want to pull you away from something so they can so you can focus on others type of deal yeah and like mm-hmm. and it's this going off of like video games but this going to like a show like a, a prime example like I'm in this the black untold story of Dragon Ball and like Afro sense. So it's a bunch of black people in here talking about anime and Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. People say every now and again, Hunter Hunter gets brought up. People love Hunter Hunter. Love it. They say it's one of the top five animes, top three best anime ever, all this type of stuff. And I, I can't see why. Like, I understand <laughs> where people be like, well, the point of the show is to show that the main character, I, this is one of the things I heard. The point of the show is to show that the main character doesn't influence the show and the character it, it shows how irrelevant the main character is to the world that's going on around him and that part of it because a lot of a lot of shows they focus on the main character i mean they focus on dude too but it's like one of the biggest things with animes is is power-ups transformations power-ups getting stronger training he does some of that to some capacity but he don't he don't change that much he had this one burst towards the end of the show or whatever but it don't I don't know, it just it just ain't resonate with me. I got tired of getting whooped. Like it was just it was just stuff like that. Like and I, I couldn't basically what I'm saying is I feel like my standards and other people's standards are like different and um and to to that same uh to that same statement, that's the same thing with the critics. They might just be a little bit more seasoned and have a, a better objective view and getting paid off a little bit. But a better objective view because they seen so much and you know different things like that but i feel like crit- criti- critics is hard so with that being said um i know it's kind of long with it i look at what people say about the game and why they said this and why they said that um and i don't really you read uh critic reviews i usually read uh reader reviews because i feel like those give me a better grasp on what's going on, somebody who doesn't have as much experience, somebody who's more down to earth because I played a lot of games that was sixes and sevens and stuff and I enjoyed them thoroughly and I done played games like The Last of Us at 10 and I was just like okay, it was cool, like, you know, playing it the first time, would I play it again? No. Um, was the formula again dried out? Yes. Like, I'm not finna go play a Last of Us because I don't feel like walking through an area um, you know, scavenging, you know, then go see some, hey, I think they went over here. 
bunch of dudes run out, and then my first thing my dude do is go run behind a barricade. I'm not finna do that again. I don't know if they did it in the second one, but I'm not finna do that. I've seen it too much in Uncharted. I've seen it too much in The Last of Us. I'm not finna do that formula again because that was, uh, the story is good, but I'm not finna waste my time trying to see the story by shooting these dudes, and now I gotta fight some armor dudes now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they they kind of try to switch it up by letting you sneak past a lot of stuff, but um, and you can like get to different areas and you can lock doors and you don't have to like no longer do it, but it's really the same, dude. It's legit the same. Um, they let you go prone. That's probably the biggest <laughs> difference now. <laughs> That's that less legit. Prone, the huh? biggest difference you can go prone and you can hide in tall grass. So, um, but yeah, I mean. I feel like I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say that people are, you know, that people overhype things or people, you know, create a narrative in their own mind. Um, they do. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm saying that because <laughs> I don't want to, cause, cause, cause people can, people can have the right to do that. I just feel like when we talk about critics this is one person's opinion that's supposed to be graduated to be able to tell their opinion in a better way than us. That's it. They can talk to their opinion better than we can because they graduated with a journalist degree. That's all they are. So one person's opinion, you know, deteriorating or like either uplifting or downgrading a game. And I'm expected to take that opinion and trust it because this individual like their likeness should be very similar to mine what they like i should like that doesn't make any well, sense because we all don't like the same thing so i think there's this this thing about critics that i really just stop caring about what they say um i can see if something was like doo-doo water and i understood it was going to be doo-doo water and i'm like maybe i should look up what people thought about this so i don't waste my time but to you know put a lot of stock into it allow these critics to kind of dictate what is the best games that came out? It's hard to do because it's just like there's their that's their opinion. It's a small group of people that's opinion, you know. Well, it's always going to be an opinion, but I think a a journalist a journalistic opinion versus a critique are very different. And the issue that I think a lot of people have with reviews are is that they're not. And I would say in a true sense, critiques, because I've like I've had critiques in class for like my art or my project or things like that. And a critique, it really should be like, yeah, part praise, like you did this great. And the way that you implemented this is good. But also constructive criticism, where if there's something I didn't do well, you are able to articulate why, why it's not done well and how it can be done, done better. better. But they don't do that. Whereas... Yeah, whereas, like, you'll read a review and they'll say, like, Cyberpunk, like, uh, like, I've seen it, like, um, Keanu Reeves uh, did a bad job or he was miscast and probably should have picked, like, someone better. And, like, I can understand that. Like, he's, like, you don't like Keanu Reeves' acting, but you also are missing the point of why he is in that role because that type of character that he plays is the, like, that type of character like it's a typecast like yeah that role is supposed to be that way he's supposed to be like weird or awkward because Brash. that's the type of yeah. yeah that's the the role that he plays that's why they chose him so if they wanted somebody who you know had a different aura or personality about them they never would pick someone who fit that 
Um, but he fits that role that. perfectly. Right. So you can say like you didn't enjoy it personally, but I think that not by acknowledging its purpose, it it, it can become confusing to people because like they say like they didn't like it, and then you'll play it and you're like, oh, I loved it. So like, what's what what's the difference between our two opinions? Right. Um, yeah, same thing. Like like we pro- might talk about like movies. Like there are people that said that the last Harley Quinn movie was trash. And I saw it, like, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't really, like, it's not perfect, but I enjoyed it a lot. And I think that's something that, um, well, two things that critics have to get better at critiquing and not just throwing opinions out there with, like, I think it's all the click. Nothing to back it up. I think it's kind of like people yeah. are looking to, to get more people onto their sites and whatever. So they start to lose their journalistic. Cause I didn't, I don't remember it being so weird before. Like everything had to be involved with something else. I just felt like people would just give a pain on a game. That's why I watch AC. That's why I'd be listening to ACG a lot. Cause he just, mm-hmm. he, he, he has an opinion. Sometimes I don't agree with it, but he honest about it. It's not like it's ever yeah. going to change. Uh, but with these other people, I just feel like their opinions change too much for me. Like, they had liked something that they hated in another game, but they had liked it in this game. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel about people. And I'd be like, y'all not telling the truth all the time. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it, it feels weird. And I, I guess I'm just over critics because they can never, they never get comedy right. Period. So every time I watch a comedy movie, I'm not going to a critic to tell me what comedy, what I find yeah. subjectively funny because they don't know. So I have to always go watch the movie. If I feel if it piques my interest enough, I'm going to watch it. Never go. That's a pen for life, people. Don't go to a critic about comedy. And one thing subjective. I do want to say is about critique is that a critic, I mean, reviewers get wrong all the time, is a lot of people like to say, like, a fresh opinion should be like a fair critique. So if you've never played a JRPG, your review should be treated equally as other reviews and like yeah your opinion should have its same um value but that critique is not um experienced enough to give a good yeah like a a good like review on it like uh, you see all the time like i'm reviewing kingdom hearts 3 but i've never played a jrpg like why 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 are you reviewing it it yeah. should be someone familiar with the genre. I'm not saying that it has to be a fan of Kingdom Hearts, right. but someone who can at least compare and contrast it with its contemporaries to give a a clear view of what this experience is. Yeah, and you see that all the time with reviews. Yeah, they give it. They give these writers or these um, these journalists like uh, different different topics to talk about when they don't know much about said topics. It's kind of like going to GameStop and trying to ask them for some advice on a game they know nothing about. Because they're not going to be the jack of all trades. They're never going to be. So there's no way of GameStop ever giving you viable information (laughs) unless they are very familiar with that game. And most of the time, they're not. Because there's so many games out there. So I would never want someone to be in that position to try to... That's why I don't give much stock to people. Because I'd be like, you cannot be this good at everything you cannot be this well versed in everything so when you are talking about video games and you're talking about how stuff should work and how stuff should look 
I never will be the person that says, oh, I know how Final Fantasy games work. I know how they look. I know how they should react. I'm like, I don't know. That's why I don't talk about them. When I say, y'all should probably take the helm on this is for a reason because I don't know. And people just try to take that and run with it where they like, okay, I played enough of this so I can, I can kind of critique it now. Or yeah. I've done this enough so I can critique it now. Like, I put in 20 hours. I can do this now. Like, no, you can't really because you don't know all the game. And it's hard to do this. And it's hard, it's going to continue to get harder and harder as these games get more expansive and expansive. So where do we draw a line of how much we actually care about what they're saying? And that's where I want to get to because I have already come to that agreement that I don't care about what nobody thinks at this point. I, I really don't. I, if I want to play yeah. the game, I'm going to play it. Um, only thing I'm looking for in reviews now is performance. And that's why I only follow digital foundry and I take opinion from skill up and ACG from time to time, but that's really it. I don't really talk. Mm. I don't really take anybody else's opinion into consideration. Um, because I don't care at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I, I still always buy the game based on my opinion, uh, Unless the game just has bad performance or something, I'm not going to get it or wait or something. Right. Um, but if they're like the game is okay or something, it's it's still going to, I feel like, should be on the buyer to make that decision because right. like you might just, just still enjoy it. There have been a lot of times that ACG doesn't like a game or doesn't think it's done well. Right. But at least I value his explanation of it. So I can see his point of view. Right. Even though I might not agree with it, I can see where you can come to that conclusion. Yeah. But um, a lot of reviews, like I see, even if it's a positive review, like Gears 5 is the best game Microsoft has ever made from Ryan Stop McCaffrey. It. I'm like, Stop never mind. <laughs> I don't need all that. <laughs> I don't need it. You, you know it ain't. We know. We already so know it's not. Stop the cat. You know you Stop get overexcited, cap. Ryan, but uh <laughs> right, Ryan Ryan was talking about they gotta have best games coming soon. It was like they're getting gearing up to finally say that they're gonna have nice exclusive like that ain't been proven. That ain't been proven. <laughs> the Microsoft drought is finally <laughs> Yo, over. That's what he said. Yeah. I like that ain't been proven. Parties, that ain't been proven. Ryan, you need to simmer down, buddy. <laughs> I, like, the perks. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, but I think that really I would value my friends or like not YouTubers, but smaller mm-hmm. people who I at least feel like can give a a more uh, honest opinion. Because maybe trying to fit everything into an article, they got to cut out a lot of information that oh, yeah. should be there. Whereas like you can just get like an honest opinion or you know a, a long post on Reddit that they go through specific details. Mm-hmm. you might get at least a better idea of what's going on instead of like a sensationalized news article or you know yeah like for you need about you need about 30 minutes to give me a good understanding of a game i say no no less you can't do it in those six minutes you can't do it in yeah, those five minutes five minute yeah. ten minute reviews no <laughs> not happening i my my time my my ability to you know I would rather give you more time to explain yourself than to try to you only captivate a little bit of my time today. Like I'd rather give you more time to explain yourself. I prefer that. Um, so if I gotta if I gotta read thirty minute article, I'll read it. If I gotta watch a thirty minute video, I'll read it. I prefer video format more. But I will read your article to kind of give it better yeah, to, to, for you to explain. All scale up videos be an hour, but yeah. it goes into. 
super detail about everything about the game and he tries to make sure he's very thorough so i appreciate that type of stuff and i don't appreciate it when people try to you know jump on the what's the what's 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 what, what will give me the most clicks or how how can i get this out the fastest like they give you the game early for a reason take the time sit down and play it um so i just don't like that type of aspect of it really so yeah. i don't really care about them no more i stopped caring about them a while ago I read. I listen to a review after I play it, and I see if my opinion kind of correlates with yours, or if it's different, or if what you felt was different, or like I like. Hmm, I never thought about it that way. That's that's my only thing I kind of look for now. It's like after I'm done. <laughs> that uh, I yeah. think that review that was the craziest, especially for it to be a remake, was that that seven point eight too much water for uh, yeah. Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. I just kind of like. I mean. I don't know what they could have did to destroy this game to take it from a nine to a seven point eight. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that that was just like, I was just like, I don't even need to play the game to know that that review is wrong. Right? <laughs> like, it just didn't make sense. Like, I get what they're saying, but I'm like, the game got a nine before, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't like too much water. Is just that was just beyond me. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. they felt like the game is newer so they need to reduce how much water in the game even though it's a remake or something i don't know but that was just, it just i think the up. the main thing is like if you look at the review they talk a lot more about the more recent pokemon games and compare it to more recent ones which i understand like it's fair but if it's a remake you also have to kind of treat it special because of course they didn't have the ability or the whatever to make it better it was the best that it could be at that time and so remaking it they provide that same experience um and for remakes they're kind of weird because is it better for somebody who never played the original to review it or not i i just think that um especially that review they they just focus too much on like the newer games because they keep talking about like pokemon x and but sapphire came out like 10 years earlier yeah, it's off the perks. <laughs> yeah, man. But yep, we are at time, people. Uh, but yeah, we yeah, like I said, we we got other stuff we want to talk about with you guys, but unfortunately, we have a, a short amount of time we can. Uh, but next time, be two more weeks from now. Next month, uh, two week Monday, we uh you'll see another episode from us where we kind of try to deep dive if you guys have any opinions on what you want us to talk about uh obviously leave it in the comment section below this is going to be on youtube spotify uh apple Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to a podcast that's where it'll be uh but yeah thank you guys for listening any last words before we head out people shoot just make sure y'all stay safe as always don't stay dangerous. Is that what you? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that vaccination, out, man. Oh my goodness! That vaccination. <laughs> man. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's that people in uh, Chicago got to stop going out to parties. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next time, oh, po- House of Wolves podcast. Black people <laughs> in vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing, people. All right.